All right, PJ, we're back. Episode number 13. A big thank you to our sponsor, Iron Mag Labs, for helping us put this show on. PJ, uh, we're back. We are back. Uh, lucky number 13. Yeah. this Maybe this will be our best show yet, 13. I think so. We have an awesome guest tonight. Yes. We have uh, Mel Chancy, the former president of the Hells Angels. Um, just a bad motherfucker. And uh, Sorry, Isaac. And he is... Uh, <laughs> He's about as, as straight as you get, so he's like the, the yin to the yang of uh, last week's guest, Dr. Sean. Yeah, m- mixed response from Dr. Sean last week. There were some people that were uh, um, all about what he had to say, and then other people that thought he was a little bit too much. Uh, we kind of like our gay guys to just really be flamboyantly gay. That's kind of like what we, uh, we really uh, go for over here on uh, Iron Empire Radio. And, and Dr. Sean... Um, he he was extremely passionate about his subject matter, and um, it, it turned into a pretty serious conversation rather than a, a more comical conversation, which is we like the comedy here. So uh, we're going to switch things up considerably this week um, from Dr. Sean. But uh, I do have for our listeners a super 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 gay guy lined up for a future episode. Flower, who you've heard me talk about, right, right. Uh, would love to come on the show. And uh, we have a picture of him up on the Iron Empire Radio Facebook page. And you can see him in all his gay glory with Bucci, his mm-hmm. little gay dog. Wonderful picture. Uh, and, yeah, <laughs> truly wonderful picture. Uh, there's, you know, you wouldn't, probably wouldn't know he was gay by looking at that picture. But <laughs> I can assure you that he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, it, you know, we had Mel. Uh, basically, I want to say one thing about Sean. I love having Sean on. And I know that. Sean was a little concerned. He doesn't want to come off as like the funny stereotypical gay guy, but that's who Sean is. You know, when you see Sean in real life and you talk to him, that's who he is. So like, I feel like he was toning it down and making it like more serious. You know, you, you heard him before we even went on the air. Me and him, he, as he mentioned, a little, a little pep talk went on for like 30 minutes because he was explaining the intricacies of just being friends with a male bodybuilder. And I'm like, okay, Sean, come on, calm down now. Let's, let's get the show on the road. But, <laughs> uh, so, you know, we have no rules to our show. No. Um, but, you know, I think that most of our, our listeners, we prefer the comedy. You right. know, it's, we provide laughs and entertainment. And not to say that uh, a subject uh, discussion like that isn't entertaining, but it's a little bit off the course of the way our show normally goes. Yeah, I would, I would say that's correct. So Mel Chancy will be after the commercial break. And uh, for you guys wondering what we'll be asking Mel Chancy, we, we, we wanted to ask him three questions. And I actually got these, this idea from Details Magazine. The magazine, I don't even know if it exists anymore, but I read it back in the day. And they would do like little tips, PJ, like man tips. And mm-hmm. uh, some of the tips that I remember was how to win a bar fight and how to survive in prison and how to fuck a stripper. So we asked Mel Chancy, who better, you know, an expert on all three subjects. Yes, uh, yes to give us the answers. And, uh, and I think he did a good job of not just giving us the answers, but kind of expounding on uh, those questions and giving us a lot of other interesting details. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, very, very thankful to have a guy of Mel's caliber on our show. And he brings a whole another flavor to the show that we haven't had yet. Yeah. Um, so this week PJ was, uh, baby, I was dog sitting, not babysitting. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as you know, we have a dog here, uh, Romstein, as you call him, Rustin. We got two cats and we added, uh, Ben Pakulski and his girlfriend, Amanda, you know, Ben's out there in LA getting ready for the flex pro and he needed somebody to watch the dog. He didn't want to, I, I think he just didn't want to leave the new baby he has a new son. 
with uh, with Amanda together what's in the, the house. What's his son's name? Zeus or something like that? Uh, Zane, like Frank Zane. Zane, Zane. It's, it's actually Benjamin Zane, but they, you know. Benjamin Zane. Yeah, Zeus was the original name, but I, I don't think that yeah. flew with her parents or her, you know. I'm curious as to why, but uh, <laughs> I think uh, what was the name you you like? If, if you would have went with Zeus, you wanted to try to one up, and what was the name we were going to do? Yes, Optimus yes. Prime uh, or something. I, I would name my my firstborn son Optimus Prime, <laughs> and I would actually train him every day to beat the shit out of Zeus on the schoolyard. <laughs> uh, main objective. He was. Uh, he, you were going to put him into training, like right from coming out of the womb, basically. Yeah, immediately, immediately. Like, yeah, that's that. That would have been interesting, but uh, unfortunately. Well, you could still name your firstborn Optimus Prime if you want, you know? Yeah, yeah, I could call him Prime, you know, when I want him to come for dinner. Prime, it's dinner time. <laughs> Prime, it's dinner time. I like yeah. that name. Yeah, that could still work. I like that name. Well, anyway. Yeah, the, yeah, definitely. The, uh, the dog's name is not uh, Prime or anything like that. It's, um, shit, what is the name? Oh, uh, Rally. Rally, North Carolina. Like Rally. Yes, and, Rally. Uh, and she was a very sweet pit bull. Very uh, skittish. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, you would think pit bulls would be angry you know or, or people would think that I, I i have some experience with pit bulls because my buddy tim has too um yep. but um funny thing i walked out i i knew that the dog was coming but i was doing a radio show i think i was doing access bodybuilding with christina or i was doing some maybe i was doing heavy muscle with dave and i came out of the room and i knew the dog was coming eventually but uh, i didn't know it was there so when i walked out of the room um my my studio that i'm in right now i walked out into the um into i guess you would call it the, the den and she was standing there staring at me and nobody else was in the house. You know, I guess the, the, the cats were probably hiding from the dog because he was, uh, she was new and Darielle and Amanda were outside talking. I could hear them. And so rally and me were just staring at each other and she started raising her, her, you know, her hackles and kind of growling. And I was like, Oh shit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I, I, you know, I'm sure she wasn't expecting me to come out, you know? Yeah. And so I, I started kind of walking towards her cause I needed to get my earphones so that I could plug in uh, for the interview. And uh, and she started like growling. And I was like, oh man, this could be bad. And I'm kind of like, Darielle, Darielle. And she doesn't come. So I ended up having to, I decided to retreat and go back to the room and do it without the earphones. You, <laughs> you would have been scared shitless. I know you, you're afraid of dogs. Oh yeah. Yeah, I would have immediately went back to the room and shut the door. <laughs> why, do you, why are you scared of dogs? What about dogs scares you? Um, you know, when I was little, I uh, I got bit by a dog when I was like four years old, and it was really like a traumatic experience. It was like a black lab, and it chased me down and uh, bit bit the back of my leg, and made me bleed. And uh, it was like traumatizing, like running from the dog. Like I can still like picture it to this day, like the dog chasing me down. Um, and um, ever since then, like whenever like big dogs like lunge at me. I get really scared. And once I get to know them, I'm okay. But when I don't know them and they lunge at me, it just frightens me. Um, <laughs> it just, it's just like my, my buddy, uh, Castaldi has like a, a big German shepherd, Roxanne. And she's like so sweet. And like, you know, I'm not scared of her. And she doesn't like, she's very well behaved. Like she'll come over and like sit next to me and chill and I'll pet her and stuff. And I'm not scared of her at all. Like she gets like really like cuddly with me and stuff. And it doesn't bother me at all. But you know, if a dog that size like jumped at me, it would, it would scare the shit out of me. You said if you saw Romstein, if you just came into the house and he was just staring at you, you would get nervous. Yes, definitely. My, my, my buddy Phil had a, a pretty big pit bull, Zoe, that everybody said was so nice. But she would bark like crazy whenever I would go to his house. And I would call him on the phone when I was outside. 
and I'd be like, put the dog in the cage before I come inside. And I'd hear his sisters yelling from the inside, just come inside. And I'd be like yelling back, no, put the dog in the cage first. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, well, this this dog, Ben's dog was very nice. If anything, it was more scared of me at first. Um, it was even scared of the cats at first. I don't know. Amanda said that maybe when they, because she rescued the dog, that uh, maybe it, it got abused or it was fought against other mm-hmm. dogs at some point because it was extremely nervous around uh, huh. around the other dogs. And actually, the first night, the one thing with Rustim, Rustim is the nicest dog ever. You could you could walk he, if you didn't even know him, you went up and pushed him over. He wouldn't care. But you do not fuck with Rustim's food. Sorry, Isaac. Don't fuck yeah, with his food. Yeah, yes. No. Don't fuck with his when food. When he you feed him, you put the bowl down, and he starts eating it. Unless it's me, or I think Darielle could get away with it now. If you try to take his food away from him, he'll bite you. He he will attack, and he and he actually bit. That's how I am with my food. Yeah, you don't want to touch your food either. So he uh, he I, and it actually happened the first time. I could tell he gets angry, but he bit uh, Tim's dog and actually cut open uh, Tim's dog's head with his teeth. Wow! Um, and it really freaked me out, and it freaked Tim out big time. So I knew that that was possible. And uh, she went up to like check out his food the first day, and yep. um, and he bit her. He bit uh, uh, Raleigh, and he cut cut her her uh, chin open, and she was bleeding. And Aww. after after she ran to the room and like hid and went to a ball and hid and wouldn't wouldn't come out of the room. And it took a whole day for her to like forgive him. Like she would go nowhere around him. He didn't. He was already, he had <laughs> forgot about it instantly. As soon as it's over, you know, as soon as he did it. And she went away from the food. He had already forgotten about it. But she it took her, literally, it took her a whole day to, like, get over it. Yeah, that was probably pretty traumatizing for her. Rammstein's pretty big, so. Yeah, Rammstein is big. Um, so you uh, ran into some problems with uh, Amber on last show. She didn't, you didn't do what I advised. And I told Darielle at some point uh, during the show, I said, Darielle, you need to forward ahead to the commercial. Do not listen to what I'm about to say. And Darielle listened. No problems on my end. Uh, unfortunately for you, you didn't do that with Amber, and so Amber heard all your sex stories. Yeah, yeah. She was not uh, happy at all about that, to say the least. I, that was my bad for not thinking to tell her to uh, fast-forward through that. I just thought I should probably uh, think a little bit next time before <laughs> before I do something like that. She was. Uh, she thought that... that uh, I uh, must have been, um, I believe that she used the term slutty, uh, which I tried to explain to her that guys actually can't be slutty. Uh, <laughs> it actually just makes us cooler, but that, that didn't go over too well either. Um, but, it, you know, it was in the past before I knew her, and, um, you know, she's glad that I got it out of my system and and uh, hopeful that it is truly out of my system, which I assured her <laughs> that <laughs> it is. She's also surprised that girls act the way they do, uh, to which I told her she'd be... Uh, very surprised at the way certain girls act, but um, yeah. For for the future, um, we'll have to make sure that I uh, let her know to uh, not listen to certain parts of the show if we decide to talk about stuff like that. And uh, she was like, "How would you like it if I had a radio show and I talked about stuff like that?" And I was like, "Well, for starters, if you had stories like that, you wouldn't even be my girlfriend right now." <laughs> I know it's a double standard, but that's just factual. Uh, and two, if I did ever hear something like that, I would probably, uh, vomit for, for hours straight. Um, so it wouldn't be good. So it wouldn't be good at all. Right. Well, next time we know we'll have to plan it in advance so that next time we get a story, cause I have, we have a good story from you that I've been dying for you to tell forever, but we're going to withhold it. I know you have. I know you have. I mean, this literally. Is, uh, 
a bad one though. It's like, um, it's not one of those stories where you would celebrate me being cool. It, it's a, uh, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty awful. Story. That's, those are my favorite though. Yes, I know. People actually find that those are usually most people's favorites too. If it involves my misfortune, this this one involves my misfortune with a girl who uh, certainly didn't look anything like what uh, I expected her to look like when I met her, and uh, you know the sequence of events that went on after that. But we'll, we'll save that. We're gonna we're gonna chill out with uh, that 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 uh, sex stories coming from me for a week or so before we introduce <laughs> them again. Yeah. In, in any way, that 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 story needs to be told in f- full glory to uh to really do it justice so i don't want to you know we we already have mel for quite a while like i said mel mel it actually ended up being we could have went a whole hour or so with mel but um those story those questions he answered in 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 a fashion which um it ended up being like 40 minutes which was great yeah yeah he was awesome so uh we don't want to take anything away from that um the next thing i want to talk to you about pj was berninka robert berninka uh, Robert Bernica. Uh, I think we should before we talk about the subject matter, we should do a little bit of Robert Bernica impression since. Yes, that, uh, yes, we'll Robert Bernica. Here, um, okay, so you'll. I'm gonna. We're gonna. Let's pretend we're at the Arnold uh, after party a year or two ago, and I, <laughs> I, me and you, and you're Robert Bernica. So we walk over okay. to Robert, and, I'm, and either me or you are like, Jesus, Robert, you're fucking huge. How do you get so fucking big? Do you really feel this way? I don't know. I, I feel like I am not so big. I, I try very hard with very heavy weight to be very large, but uh, you, you are big too, you know? Every, everybody is big. Uh, <laughs> I, I need bigger, I think. Robert, you're the biggest fucking guy at this whole fucking thing. You're the biggest guy at the Arnold. Oh, oh thank you so so much. I, 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 I feel, you know, so small right now, but, <laughs> you know, I do, I do not feel... It's as strong, as big as I like, but I, I work hard, and maybe, you know, we see if I get bigger. <laughs> That's basically it. That's basically it. This guy, for people who don't know, has, like, legitimate, like, 24-inch arms. They, they measure them um, in his uh, YouTube channel. You see a measure 24 and a half inches legit measured on, on camera. Not synthed out. They're not crazy-looking, freaky, you know. They are freaky-looking, but they're not, like, all... You know, obviously shot up. Um, this was a pretty interesting fact. He actually moved to Connecticut when he first moved here from, from uh, I believe, Lithuania is where he's from. Did you hang out with him and, at all when um, he was in Connecticut? Well, he was from, um, I think, like Bristol or something, which is not that close to me. But I had heard about him and that he was doing one of the New York shows. Uh, to be, It was his first show. And they were like, wait, you see this fucking guy. Sorry, Isaac. So, you know, usually for my friends to say something like that, you know, there wasn't too many big guys in Connecticut other than me and Evan. I was like, I got to go check this guy out. And uh, I actually, uh, back then, like now I can actually just walk backstage at the shows, like, you know, uh, Weinberger and the guys know who I am, the expediters know who I am. Back then, nobody really knew who I was when he first came on the scene, so I had to sneak backstage. And I snuck back there, and I had to just go up to him and look at him up close, like, like within like a couple feet to see like how ridiculous he he truly was. And even back then in the first show he ever did, um, he wasn't uh, as lean as he was when he, he turned professional, but he was 265 pounds and he was so massive, like an amateur show to see somebody like that, that when I got close to him, I just, I couldn't stop laughing. And he was like, why are you left? And I was like, you're so big that my response is just laughter. And he was like, he was like, oh, thank you, thank you so much. He was like, oh, really, really friendly. Uh, 
and he, he had this like, crew of like Russian guys around him, like taking care of him and stuff. But he, he was truly monstrous already back then. And there's a video. Uh, like I said, I, I checked out his YouTube channel because I was looking for his rap video. But um, there is a video on there that was made like like a compilation. And at the very end of the video, I started dying laughing because it's Greg Valentino, and he's like backstage. Maybe at the New York Pro, or maybe it looked like a, it looked like a while ago. So maybe it was even at a, a, a local New York show back in the day. But he looks him over, like from head to toe, and he goes, "You are one big motherfucker." <laughs> and it was it was so perfectly timed at the, right at the end of the video. I was like, "Oh, that was hilarious." Uh, it's his voice. Robert's voice makes it makes it so much funnier because he's so monstrous and scary, yeah. but he's so soft spoken and, and just friendly. Yeah. Uh, last time I competed when I did nationals. Um, he, he was backstage and, uh, I walked by him and I was like, what's up, Robert? You look pretty freaky. Uh, and he turned to me and he had this big Ziploc bag of uh, chocolate and he goes, would you care for a piece of chocolate? <laughs> I, just, I just started laughing and I was like, no, thank you. And he was like, are you sure? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. You know, that wasn't part of, like, I have, I'm pretty specific with the way I, car- I carve up. <laughs> and he was like, okay. And then he just went back to eating chocolate and just went back to where he was. But I, I thought that was just, just something about that was just funny to me, just seeing that monster carrying around his big bag of chocolates backstage. Well, without any further ado, PJ, I want to play a piece of his rap video. Uh, and uh, I guess people really need to go watch it. We'll put it on the Iron Empire uh, Facebook fan page so people can go check it out. Uh, on Facebook to actually see the video because I had to search for it for a while to actually find this thing. So it's not entirely Robert Berninka rapping. He does like a few, he does like, what would you say? The chorus, I guess you would say. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's just, if we don't, we don't, I mean, we don't know the language that that's even being spoke. If it's Polish, whatever, Russian, if, if anybody out there can translate this for us, I I'm dying to know what he's saying. Yeah. It would be very interesting. So here is uh, Robert and a other cast of characters. We'll just play you like 30 seconds of this thing. Because I think any more than that, maybe maybe overkill. Um, so <laughs> here's uh, Robert and uh, his crew uh, doing some kind of rap of some sort. Here he is. Jedziemy z koksam Przyznałem mnie za kranu, wiem gdzie w historii co włączyć Trochę się w nich zwajerować, co podkręcić i przełączyć Podziwiają mnie faceci, wypisują do mnie laski Duży rozrzut mam na mailu, od czterdziestki do szesnastki Pobne drogie telefony, komputery czy iPhony Mam to wszystko i co z tego, jak pod rękę bierzesz jego Randka ze mną to wyzwanie, broń kajdańki, wyuznanie Zaproponuj więc spotkanie, nie zawiedziesz je kochanie Marki Polki, seks wulkany Wszystkie panie, podziwiamy Zawsze dla mnie wasze gierki, dla was Kochamy stygi, dla was przenosimy góry, ciągle wymieniamy góry, wszystko po to byście mogli trochę na myśli pobawić, wykorzystać i zostali. Okay, so that was our freak Robert Bernika uh, rapping and we're gonna guess Polish, but who knows. Uh, and it's kind of funny, uh, I woke up at like almost three in the morning to uh, go to the bathroom the other night. And I, I am like have a tendency to look at my phone when I get up and you had texted me like you need to go watch this video of Robert Bernica rapping so this to me in my weird head was something that couldn't wait till the morning <laughs> so I, I went into the computer room and I YouTubed it and I'm, I'm sitting there watching it in awe I'm kind of like laughing and, and shocked and Amber comes like into the room she goes to bed early she goes to bed by like 10 and um, she's standing in the doorway and she just sees me naked because I said naked, uh, watching the Robert Bernica rap video, and she's like, 
She's like, babe, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, I turn around, I'm like, go back to sleep. And she's like, why are you up? It's three in the morning. And I was like, I had to watch this video. It's probably the <laughs> rapping. Look, I was like, look, he's rapping. And she's like, I don't care. You're so weird. I'm going back to bed. She's like, come back to bed. And I was like, all right. So I finished watching the video. And I went back to bed, and I got back to bed, and I was like, he was rapping, I can't believe it. I want to know what he's saying so bad. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, babe, go to sleep. You're so weird. You're so crazy. <laughs> she was like, you can wait till the morning. And I was like, all right, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you and her go to bed at the same time, or do you usually, I mean, no, with me and Darielle, no. no. What do you do? Yeah. She goes to bed early. Like Sometimes I'll, uh, I'll lay in there with her and watch TV until she falls asleep. That's nice. Um, she wants me to go to bed at the same time as her. I yeah. find that, that that's a common with, with women uh, that I've dated over the years, that they really want you to go to bed at the same time as them. I don't understand that. That's not even optional I don't make, for me. I don't even yeah, I don't want to make somebody to go to bed when they don't want to, you right. know? Um, and I stay up really late, you know? Um, so for me to actually put me in bed early, it's like you're punishing me. Yeah, I don't, I don't, and I don't, I don't want to be punished. I didn't do anything wrong. You know? <laughs> I will, um, what I will do on occasion um, is I'll lay there or I'll read something. It's, it's pretty rare though, honestly, usually even if there's going to be like, you know, sex before bed, I'll, I'll do it. We'll, we'll, we'll do the sexy time. And then as soon as it, yeah. as soon as it's over, I get up and go back to what I was doing and she goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I just, we, we do that yeah, it's not, um, I, I just don't, she knows that I do a lot of work and stuff when she's sleeping. Cause she goes to bed at nine thirty or 10. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not going to bed generally till, um, at least three thirty or four, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It just it, it actually works out great for us because she gets back from work. She has a break in the middle of the day, so she's up at six thirty, and she gets back at noon. By noon, I'm I'm already eating breakfast, awake, you know. So I'm I'm going by then. So it's perfect. Yeah. You know? That is perfect. Yeah. Um. What? Uh. Oh, I guess we could start on the uh, listener topic questions, PJ. Yeah. Um. Oh, let me ask you one more thing about Berninka. He's doing this MMA fight, right? Uh, he's fighting the oh. Polish champion or whatever. Do you when think is that? I'm looking forward to that. April 24th. It'll be uh, okay. Robert says it'll be on YouTube right after the fight. So, what do you think? Will he beat this guy or will he get his ass kicked? You know, I don't know enough about the other guy, but from what I understand, Bernika has some kind of background, whether it be wrestling or boxing, one or the other. And I think perhaps wrestling, right? Yeah, he said he's had some fighting and experience. If, it, if, it's, if it's MMA. Uh, wrestling is a major part of MMA, so he he will have a guy that size that can actually wrestle well. Uh, if he does take the guy down and 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 get him in a position to submit him, uh, and then just simply ground and pound him, uh, those those punches are going to have a lot of power behind him. Now I don't know how his his stand up game is, um, but surely uh, those 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 punches are going to have a lot of weight and power from behind them. And I don't know how big the other guy is. Two twenty, two twenty five, and Robert says he will be uh, around two eighty five. How tall is the other guy? Taller than Robert, I think the other guy is six one, and Robert's like five uh, ten. Yeah, I don't know uh, much about the guy's uh, actual, um, you know, skills. He's I mean, a boxer. He a He's a boxer. So if the guy has really, really good hands, um, and and Robert does not, then it's a matter of the guy simply needs to just stay away from Robert. Um, and pick him apart, which could very well happen. If Robert just goes at him, a la Brock Lesnar, and gets the guy down, you see Brock, Brock Lesnar was very successful in the beginning of his career because he was a superior wrestler, and he was so powerful. But 
once he, he kind of got the guys that were really, really good with their hands and their stand-up, they found a way to basically uh, avoid his takedowns and kind of just beat him with their hands, which could very well happen. Um, also, Robert's not training for the fight, so I imagine that if it goes any kind of distance, he's probably in trouble. Yeah, yeah, definitely. To be that big, um, you gas out real fast. I mean, you know, I know from the, you know, back when I had, you know, some wrestling when I was young and uh, fighting and such, you know, it, it's a lot easier to wrestle at a much lighter weight. Like, I wouldn't be able to wrestle too long at the weight I am right now before getting very tired. Yeah. Um, so. All right. Uh, listener questions. I, I think Robert's going to win personally. I think that he's going to end this thing very quick. He sounds too confident. For to be uh, to be somebody who's gonna get who's gonna lose, in my opinion. Well, we shall see. We shall see. Um, let's go through these kind of quick pieces because we got a lot of show left with Robert with uh, Mel Chancy. Um, yes. How many times has training in the gym helped you from kicking somebody's ass? Uh, that's a good question. I don't necessarily know if training in the gym has helped me from kicking somebody's ass because uh, when you kick a few people's asses and then get in trouble for it. That is what truly helps you not want to do it anymore rather than anything else. And when I was young, um, you know, I was arrested a few times for fighting, nothing that stayed on my record, uh, fortunately. Uh, but when you get in trouble and have to go to court and things like that, that's the kind of stuff that sits in your head. So it's not as if I'm taking aggressions out in the gym so my aggressions are gone. So when somebody pisses me off, I can be like, well, I already got my aggressions out in the gym. I don't need to punch my, this guy in the face. Now it's kind of a matter of if I punch this guy in the face, I'm going to have to pay $10,000 to stay out of jail. That's more than enough reason to not punch somebody in the face. Um, and I think that as we get older, we, we mature in that sense anyway and realize it's easier to talk things out most of the time than actually beat the shit out of somebody. You know, sometimes I feel it's a shame that you can't knock some people out when they really deserve it in this day and age. But... Uh, the repercussions of doing that are, are so drastic now that it's truly not worth it. Um, I agree. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a person. I guess I, I, am like I, PJ. You haven't really even seen me really get like mad, mad. So I'm not. Um, I, I'm like reactionary. So like if I get yeah, really you're mad, generally a pretty happy guy. Yeah, so. I'm a pretty happy guy. So if somebody makes me that mad to get into a fight, it's usually going to happen. Like, I'm not going to be able to, like, hold it back and go to the gym and take it out um, because I don't stay mad for very long. So either I'm going to do something right then and there or it will uh, dissipate. By the time I got to the gym, you know, it's not really – I'm not really feeling that anymore. A lot of guys, you know, I know Kai said in his video, uh, Redemption or one of them, that you have to uh, – that everybody who lifts heavy or any champions, they have to have some kind of anger in them, that they have to use – the lifting those heavy weights has to come from a place of anger. Now, granted, I'm no champion or anything like that, but I, I feel like I train pretty heavy. And uh, for me, you know, I might get pumped up for a song or something like that, but it doesn't come from a place of, like, anger or wanting to hurt somebody or violence. That's what Kai says, violence. It has to come from a, a place of violence. I don't know if it, if it does for me. I can, like, manufacture it. Uh, by getting pumped up to music, but I don't actually want to like go and beat somebody's ass or kill somebody, you know. So I don't know. I, I don't think that really work. That really, uh, yeah. I mean, for, me. for myself personally, people have asked me that question uh, numerous times, and uh, to, for for me, if I'm really really mad, I can't work out because for me, when I work out, working out is the one thing in the world that I always love, no matter what. And I prefer to be in a happy place when I'm doing it, and I prefer to be concentrated in a good mood on what I'm doing and focused. I don't want to be all pissed off 
and like go in there like an animal. You know, when I was young and I used to competitively powerlift, I used to take that approach. But, um, you know, I don't want to be all pissed off in the gym doing my favorite thing. I mean, it happens from time to time. And I've noticed that usually those are the times when I've actually gotten hurt because I've broken my focus. Um, I actually work out my best when I'm horny. Um, <laughs> if I'm horny and I want to have sex, uh, my, my testosterone levels start getting me really amped up. And that's when I have my best workouts, to be honest with you. So does that mean you don't jerk off or have sex before you train? Well, if I do jerk off before I've trained, it has always affected my, my workouts. And I've been mad at myself for doing it after. I lose my edge. Really? Um, yeah. Yep. Especially if it's leg day, I cannot do it. So like sex or whatever in the morning, uh, it mellows me out too much. I wow. need to hold that in until after. Interesting. I, I've never, uh, I've never tried that. I've never felt that way. Maybe that's something, maybe that's why my legs aren't big PJ. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably it. Holy crap. Uh, I guess we just discovered it. Um, what do you think about the FDA? One of the listeners wanted to know the FDA, uh, is, are they really out to kill? This is actually from muscle Mitch our sponsor mm-hmm. from Orbit Nutrition, orbitnutrition.com. Yes. You can order all kinds of good stuff on there. Um, what do you think, PJ? You, you think that the FDA is really out to kill the supplement industry? It's interesting. Uh, we discussed this a little bit before the show. You know, anytime everything, anything is, is truly that good, um, they wind up taking it away from us. Uh, right. A perfect example would be uh, ephedrine, uh, which in the 90s, I, I, uh, when I was like, in high school, first get into lifting i was an ephedrine junkie man i loved like the original ritz fuel and ultimate orange and um i'll tell you the original xenadrin was incredible yeah yeah it actually uh, worked the, the, you know, that stuff truly truly worked and of course they took that away from us so um you know we've seen this happen with a few other products uh, a little bit more recently because the fda is kind of on top of things a little bit more um you, know, you can elaborate a little bit more but it, it, it is uh it is real they they do take away uh, a lot of the products that do truly work yeah it sucks like uh super draw that was in uh super dmz and methadrol extreme you know we're reformulating that on iron mag labs because of um, mm-hmm. the fda has banned it and made it a scheduled drug um and like you said it's because it's working too well you know i guess if the, the thing is like i know carl lenore used to always say if it has drug-like effects then they want to get rid of it and basically yeah. anything that works well is going to have drug-like effects you know what i mean um, and then also on the, on the flip side, if the pharmaceutical, um, companies can make money off of a product, then they want to get rid of it. They want to do what they can to lobby and get rid of a product so that they can make it themselves, market it and make a, a ton of money off of it. Of course. Of course. Right. And it puts more pressure on the chemists and formulators to keep coming up with, you know, alternatives to these products when they get taken away. And they, and they do. Thank God. There's still, there's still some room for that. Like, uh, the two products from Iron Mag Labs are actually going to be better as a result of this. Um, now, I'm sure it's a very big inconvenience to Rob to have to go and find something to make it just as good or better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess sometimes it ends up being a blessing in disguise, but I'm sure eventually they're going to be looking for uh, what's doing, what's making this work better. You know what I mean? Unfortunately. Exactly. Exactly. Um, next, um, I want to hear Big Nut. Big nut from the board. He wants to hear some stories, some PJ Braun stories, like the recent plane story, where people may expect you, PJ, to get physical in a certain situation, but instead you make them feel like an idiot. Uh, this, uh, this, I'm going to give you guys a quick one because um, I don't want to tell too long of a story. But um, uh, there was a time when I was actually in uh, New York City uh, with uh, IFBB Pro Women's Physique Pro uh, Julian Ravel and. Um, 
she was um, uh, living in a very, very busy part of New York City. She lived right by uh, Broadway. I actually had to drive through there uh, to hang out with her and stuff, and it was crazy with all the tourists and everything. And parking was ridiculous. So um, uh, I forget what we were going to do. I think I was going to see how she was looking before one of her shows for the gym. And um, I, uh, she came outside, so I wouldn't have to park. And uh, um, she came outside, and, and, you know, we did what we had to do. Then we were going home, and uh, we found a great spot, um, like right, right by uh, where her house was. So I went to pull into the spot, and um, I took a poor approach to it. You know, you have to par- parallel park in the city. So I pulled myself back out, put my blinker on, and some douchebag, this is very common in the city, uh, tried to shoot his way in. So I'm sitting there, like are you kidding me, dude? Like, obviously I'm here with my blinker on to take the spot. And now Jillian had been in the city for a while. So she's used to it. She's adapted to it. And you, 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 um, you basically, your demeanor, uh, uh, changes. So she's a very, very sweet girl. But as soon as this happened, she put her head out the window and started cussing the guy out and freaking out on him. And he was cussing back at her. And, uh, I said, calm down, calm down. And I got out of the car and I walked over to the window of this guy's car, and this guy was absolutely terrified, right? Hmm. And I go, excuse me, sir, just like this, very calm. I go, excuse me, sir, but this is my spot, and I was pulling into it. I was like, can you please move your car away now so I can finish parking my car? And the guy didn't even say anything back. He just literally floored it in reverse and took <laughs> off. <laughs> and I walked over to the car, and I got in, and she was, like, so confused she goes, what the hell did you say to the guy to get him to do that? Like, people fight over spots in the city. And, and I told her, I go, you know, I have found over the years that when you're this size, if you simply ask nicely for things, people usually will let you get your way. And she was like, she was like mind blown by it. She was like, so you just asked him nicely? He said, yes, can I please have this spot? And the guy didn't even respond. He just pulled out and drove away. And she was like, she was like, but <laughs> she started laughing. And I was like, by the way, I was like, you have some temper. I'd never seen that before. I mean, she was like out the window, like, like uh, cussing this guy out. And everybody who knows her knows she's like the sweetest girl in the world. And she started like laughing. She's like, yeah, that's what happens when you live here. And you do deal with this every day. Um, but fortunately, I didn't have to deal with stuff like that living where I lived in Connecticut. Yeah, that, that's a pretty, I remember that story. And uh, that is definitely uh, fits into that category. Yes. Um, now, I wonder if you would have actually threatened him, would he have moved any faster? Yeah, I mean, I have another story similar to that, which you also know about a time when I was in the Bronx and um, I had to uh, go to a funeral. And, uh, you know, that, I'm already in a bad mood about the funeral and I'm sad and everything. And uh, I'm going to pull into the spot. Same thing happens. And it was a cheesy, like, uh, it was a really cheesy Guido, which is one of my biggest pet peeves in life. Although I am Italian, uh, really overly uh, Guido-y guys are, are like a pet peeve of mine. And uh, I see red, like when, when, you, when, you, when you wave a, a red flag in front of a bull, that's what happens to me when you put a guido in front of me. <laughs> and uh, this guy did the same thing with his minivan to the spot. And I was like, dude, are you serious? I'm halfway into the spot. He's like, you don't even fucking live on the street. You got a fucking Connecticut license plate. Get the fuck out of here. Go back to fucking Connecticut. So I, I was so pissed, right? And I was like, dude, I'm not leaving. I, I crossed my arms. I, I go, I'm not getting moving out of the spot. So the guy jumps out of the car, right? And it's funny, he's got a wife beater on and, like, the Italian horn and, uh, you know, his hair slicked back. He's very aggressively Italian, Uh very, like, you know, stereotypical Italian. And as soon as I saw that, it made me mad. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) you want to get out of – I'm like, oh, you want to get out of the fucking car? 
So I get out of the car, and as soon as I get out of the car, the guy just stops in his track, and he starts to, like, backpedal. <laughs> I didn't even give him a chance to say anything. I run over to this guy, and I didn't even punch him or hit him, but I actually grabbed him, and I threw him down the street. So I, I actually threw him the full length of his, of his car. It was like a, it was like a Chevy Lumina minivan, right? Oh, yeah. And I'm walking towards this guy as he's on the ground, and I look into his car, and he's got two young kids that are probably like nine or ten years old, like crying in the car. And I'm like, God damn it. So I stop in my tracks. And I'm like, you're doing this with fucking kids in the car? What the fuck is wrong with you? He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's like, let's just shake on it. And, and I'm like, no, get the fuck out of here. He's like, I just want to shake your hand. And I was like, I don't want to shake your hand. Get in your car and get the fuck out of here. And um, finally, uh, the girl I was dating, Nicole's uh, mom's... Uh, boyfriend comes over and he looks at the guy and he's like what the fuck is your problem man get the fuck out of here and the guy's like well you know he's from connecticut he shouldn't be parking on our streets <laughs> and and he's like who the fuck are you he's like I i've never seen you on the street before go park down the street he's like get the fuck out of here and then the guy like just like put his head down and went back to his car and i was like i was like did you did you see that and he was like, yeah, you threw that guy far. And I was kind of embarrassed. And I didn't want them to think I was like crazy or anything. And I was like, he asked for it, just so you know. And he was like, oh, no, don't worry about it. Stuff like that happens down here all the time. Um, you know, that, 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 was a, that was a, you know, complete opposite reaction to a situation like that. Well, um, yeah, well, I, 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 like you said, that happens probably there all the time. I'm not, I'm not surprised. Now, if you were a smaller guy, I wonder if that guy would have gotten physical with a uh, somebody he felt like he could beat up, you know? Probably. Probably. I mean, usually if you get out of the car, you're inviting some trouble, you know? Like, there's usually not a situation that occurs where I'm going to actually get out of my car and do something to somebody, you know what I mean? So if you're right. going to get out of the car, you're asking for trouble. Sure, especially if you're, you're in all honesty, if you're your size or or my size, if I get out of the car... Mm -hmm. I know in Texas, if I were to do that, chances are someone would just shoot me because everybody has a gun, you yeah. know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, like, they're not going to get out and try to fight me or you. They're just going to shoot you. you know? Yeah, I've had guys down there uh, pull gu guns on me down there before over parking spots and stuff. And and, and, and that was back when I was first dating uh, Nicole. And I was like, I told her, I was like, I'm moving you out of here, man. You're moving up to Connecticut. I'm not dealing with this shit. People are pulling guns on me over parking spots. I mean, what the fuck? They're that crazy over parking spots. Huh? It's that hard to find it's a spot. Like you know, you you can be in a real nice area and go down a couple blocks, and all of a sudden, like be in like the ghetto. Is it that hard to find a spot though? Yeah, you know what? In most big cities, it's a pain in the ass to find a spot. You know, if you want to park, you know, right in front of your house. I mean, it's nothing is as bad as L.A. Um, but it, it, you know, most big cities, it's a pain in the ass to find parking if you're actually in the city part. Yeah, I don't know. I've never had to deal with that. We've always. When we went to the New York Pro and stuff like that, and shows, well, there's garages and, and yeah. stuff that make it a lot more convenient. Right, yeah. right. Um, we got asked also junk food. You and I eat our share of junk food. Um, yes, yes. And um, people, you know, it's funny because we both are doing a question and answer thread on IronMagazine.com uh, for Iron M for for excuse me for Iron Mag Labs, and mm. um, it's funny because a lot of times I'm getting asked. Robert, for whatever reason, has titled me like Men's Physique national men's physique competitor. So I'm getting yes, a lot of great. questions. That, that is certainly a good title for you to have. Yeah. So I need to, I probably need to tell him to change that because people are asking me, <laughs> asking me questions, you know, they're like, how much cardio do you do at the most? And like, you know, how many carbs <laughs> do you think you, you had the first uh, good question? Uh, I think recently about the size of my penis. I yeah, was expecting yeah, more yeah. questions like that and less questions about mm -hmm. like carb cycling and stuff. That's questions for you. You know? Yeah. They can send those my way. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, I, I, I guess to be honest, I eat a lot of junk food and, um, I'm not too concerned about my body fat because honestly, I, I stay very lean. Um, eating, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky and you're lucky too, that I don't know when it happened to me. I've always been naturally skinny, but I, I was, you know, remember when I was fat, I was 280 or 289. I love that. Yeah. When I was 289, when I was the, the, the Jew bear or whatever you called me, um, (laughs) um, I was forcing food, but whenever, whatever happened, when I started dieting, um, this most recent time and it came off so fast, it just, uh, my metabolism has stayed really kicked up and I've always stayed relatively lean, but this is a different, a new level of, uh, staying lean at a, at a higher body weight. And so I eat a lot of junk food. I think that me and you both eat a lot of junk, junk food, but we eat different types of junk food. Yes. Yeah, completely different. Now, what are some of your favorite treats that you eat regularly? Uh, I eat a lot. I'm a big, I'm big into cakes and cookies and baked goods. You know, I used to do a lot of the pop tarts, but now I'm a little more exotic. We go with the cakes and the pies. I do Ben and Jerry's. I like the, um, the chocolate fudge brownie Ben and Jerry's. It was very nice. Um, you know, I try my first few meals. PJ are usually pretty good. I don't like to start off the day, um, with junk food because I find that it upsets my stomach for whatever reason, if I eat in the morning. So my first few meals are my first three meals are always the same. I wake up, I have a, a protein shake with egg whites and peanut butter and uh, waffles, which I guess is kind of bad, but not really. And then my next uh-huh. one, I have a pound of the Greek yogurt that you showed me, Greek yogurt with oatmeal and honey. And I eat mm-hmm. one big container of that. And then I'll do an egg sandwich. Or I'll do six eggs with cheese with uh, four slices of bread, and I put mayonnaise on the, uh, on the sandwiches. And that's my first three meals. That's what I consider clean. And then after that, it, get, it gets progressively worse. <laughs> yeah. Your your system handles um, sugars and dairy very, very well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sugar especially. You don't, get, you don't get, like, sluggish and tired from it no. the way that most people do. You, it doesn't cause any, like, stomach discomfort for you. You're able to function very well like that. Yeah. Dave says that my, I have uh, – Almost, I'm producing almost zero insulin. He thinks that I have uh, uh, extremely insulin resistant. Yeah, I would, I would, I would uh, go with that. That's pretty accurate. And I, I, uh, Juan Morel is like that. Juan Morel can eat uh, a container of ice cream and then go and train legs immediately after, which that would really mess my stomach up having all that dairy in my stomach. Right. Well, what do you eat for junk food then? What's the difference? See, I, I, I like those things. I like the sweets and stuff, but I don't have. A, a sweet tooth where I crave stuff like that ever, not even when I'm dieting. Uh, for me, I love um, uh, fast food like burger joints. And uh, I will frequent McDonald's numerous times a week. I love their nuggets. It's not for me to eat 30 or 40 nuggets in one sitting. I like the sweet and sour sauce. Um, the McBronsters you've seen, I love KFC. Um, but my new place that I really, really love that I didn't have in Connecticut now that I'm out in California that I truly love is Carl's Jr. And I'm excited to bring you there uh, when you come out to visit. They have so many good different burgers. They've been trying a different burger pretty much every time I go there, and they're all stellar. Um, And they're big, greasy, fat burgers. That's the kind of stuff I like. I like big, like, greasy-ass burgers. And and, and it's it's very uh, uncommon for me to go more than a couple days without having like a big fat greasy burger like that. I usually consider that like my red meat meal of the day. Like people ask me how much red meat I eat. I'm like, I oh, usually one meal a day, but I, t- I typically don't specify that it's usually uh, like Carl's uh, Jr. <laughs> Carl's Jr. I'm excited for Carl's Jr. I gotta be, I gotta be honest. I'm a little excited for Carl's Jr. Um, yeah, I'm always you're going to enjoy it. 
I'm always looking for a good, you know, we, I've sampled all of the various fast food places everywhere I go. You know, I, I've been to In-N-Out Burger, which is extremely hyped and slightly disappointing. I've been to the Five yeah. Guys. Five yeah. Guys also disappointing to me. Uh, it's funny because people will say, you know, because they, they think, I guess, I'm an expert on, on uh, fast food, as you probably are, too. Um, what's yep. the best hamburger? And, and I always got to come back to McDonald's, which is very surprising for most people because you get a lot for the, for the money. And then yes. they actually are, if you eat them fast, they are very tasty. Yes. Uh, as far as uh, cost efficiency goes, McDonald's will always be number one. Um, if you wanted to simply just truly enjoy the taste of a burger, I, I am now going to put Carl's Jr. as the best actual burger. Wow. Um, wow. There, there's a place out here called Fat Burger. That's very good. Also. Never tried Fat Burger. I like that one too. Yeah, we'll take you to Fat Burger too. In and Out is overrated. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to In and Out over McDonald's. Uh, people hype it up. Um, usually, California douchebags um, hype things up that like they like that the rest of the world probably wouldn't like the same way. Um, like dubstep. Part of being like dubstep. That's just part part of being a douchebag from California. You know what <laughs> I mean? And perhaps that's what ruined it for me was because they hyped it up so much. But I mean. It, it was, was it good? Yes. Was it as good as I expected? No. I wouldn't go there over McDonald's if they were next to each other. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. I, I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm sure we'll have to video all of this uh, to, to let people see, you know, exactly my opinions and, and what they're missing. Because I, I feel like a lot of people don't, if I haven't seen Carl's Jr., then I imagine a lot of people haven't experienced it. Guy, guy told me they have him in New Jersey. I was not aware of that. Huh. Maybe I've driven right by him, not knowing what I'm missing this whole time. Oh, they have this one that, that has like um, guacamole on it and like big chunks of avocado. It's so good. They, have and they a, make them right there in front of you. They have a burger. Let me tell you about this, PJ. They have a burger in Houston at this place called um, Cedar Creek, and it's like a little restaurant bar. It's a very popular little bar, and it's uh, like in the middle of a like they have a creek that surrounds it, almost like a moat. And I brought Darielle there. They make a hamburger there. This is not fast food. They make a hamburger there with a fried egg on it. And it's like a fried egg, guacamole, salsa, and uh, some kind of like a multiple like Colby kind of cheese, Swiss cheese mix. That's the best hamburger that I've ever had. Mm. Yeah. Very amazing. I like, I like an, an, an egg on a burger. I yeah, like that. Me uh, too. That's a, good, that's a good move. Me too. Um, before we, we get a key, we're going to keep talking about junk food forever. I'm going to do one up, one hypothetical situation. We love what if questions. If anybody wants to ask what if questions for us, we love them. We love them. Um, and uh, actually, Darielle's boss, this is just a quick incidental funny story. They love, you know, she trains all the top executives for this company. And they're all, they're very immature like us. And they always mm-hmm. give these uh, what if questions to her. And I always like them. I need to start writing them down. Uh, they find it humorous to ask her what if questions about all, all types of different stuff. Um Anyway, this what if question, uh, this guy wants to know our list. I I should probably write down the listener's name who asked the question, but he wants to know what's worse, getting your freak on with a 400 pound plus girl with a pretty face or a girl with a really hot body with ugly face that has very bad BO. I think we'll both answer this the same way. I know what I'm going to say already. I mean, it was an easy one for me, but what do you think? Yeah, I don't even have to think. I'll take the skinny girl with the BO. Um, if her body's hot, I don't, you know, I can get over a little bit of smell. If, if she's got a really, really hot body, keep her doggy style, you know, avoid like lots of eye contact. Um, you know, that's, that's the way I go. Yeah, I think that's, this is an easy choice. The BO, that's easy to fix. I would just tell her, you know, put some deodorant on or I will put it on for her. And then, um, 
and then you do, like you said, you just don't look at the face. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I had a girl that was like uh, very pretty that turned out to be uh, a lot sadder than I expected her to be. That's the story um, for the future. Yeah, so that that was a really rough experience. So the, I know exactly the way that I would go with this one. Yeah, you know, you can't get around a four hundred pound plus body. It doesn't matter how beautiful her face is. Four hundred pound exactly. plus body is um, it's literally and figuratively. There's no way to get around that. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a lot to deal with. Some guys actually like those big fat girls on PJ. I know. I have a friend who loves it. Who actually, and he said he loves to like sink his fingers into the fat oh. and just move it around and watch it jiggle. Like he loves it. That's disgusting. I'm sure there's porns with fat. I've seen like on xnxx.com or X videos. You see like you'll go through it and they're like most recent new videos. And every once in a while you'll see one where there's like an enormous fat woman. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I actually don't like a very skinny girl. You know, I like me. I like, like for me, like my ideal is like Kim Kardashian. Like I think that's perfect. But uh, a big, big, huge fat girl, I, I, I can't handle that. That's just too much. Um. I, I, yeah, I can't, you know, I don't like, I wouldn't, I would definitely not be able to handle that. I think I told this, I, matter of fact, I know I did, but I told, um, when Robert DiMaggio and, and his wife Gina were on, we talked about, um, uh, going to Amsterdam. I think I mentioned that the, the one of the most popular yes. women was that fat black woman <laughs> yes. uh, that I was, I was like mystified how she had a line of people, of guys waiting to fuck this huge fat black woman. Um, so there's, there definitely are, what do they call them? Fatty chasers or something? Chubby chasers. Chubby chasers. Yeah, chubby chasers. Uh, That would be interesting if we have a listener who loves chubby chase, is a chubby chaser who loves fat women, you know, email me at uh, jubaka at rxmuscle.com. We would love to have you on. I think anybody who has a really weird fetish would be an interesting guest. They could, like, explain what what goes on in their head. So if you have, like, a really weird, the weirder a fetish, um, you know, and you're willing to talk about it anonymously on the radio, we would love to hear, like, or even, you know, even Miss Devious we had on, she was great. If she has some of the guys that would like to explain what is attractive about having their nuts squashed, I would like to hear that. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I would certainly love to hear that. That yeah, would be great. Would. That would be great. I would even be interested in having that kid that she said, is the actor that does the videos who gets his nuts kicked over and over again. I would like to have him mm-hmm. on too. He'd be interesting. Yeah, he, although she said he would, he would certainly want to remain anonymous. But yeah. maybe we could get him on. Yeah. Um, speaking of that. The Tampa uh, the, the fetish show she was talking about is in August. Um, mm-hmm. Are you going to be able to come down for that? Most likely. Uh, there's a small chance um, that I would still be competing. Um, well, I would say probably a 50-50 chance, but um, I still think we could work it out as long as uh, we'd have to check the dates for it. But it's I definitely wanna, something I wouldn't want to miss. I want to get ahead of that and uh, apply for press passes for us so we can video and interview people. Yeah, like, yes. We, we should make sure we don't drop the ball on that. Yeah, that would be great video and uh, great material for the radio because we could interview all kinds of people uh, there at the at the expo. I mean, the pictures alone will be, will be priceless. Yes. Um. Anyway, PJ, I believe that is uh, that is it for. Uh, it's not really that that's it for this week because we are going to do a commercial break and come back with uh, with our guest Mel Chancy. But as uh, as we've said, this we actually recorded that yesterday. I, I spent a lot, uh, all day yesterday with Mel and uh, little Mel, his wife now, and Dennis James and uh, George Farrow was there, um, all here in Tampa for um, for the funeral of uh, uh, Jim, who owned. Precision peptides. He died, unfortunately. Young guy, only thirty-six years old. PJ, that's uh, very sad. Very, very sad. It was um, yeah, five years older than me. 
five years, four, uh, three years older than me. No, four years older than me. Yeah. Um, he had health problems his whole life though. This wasn't like totally out of the blue. Actually, he, he exceeded his life expectancy by like 15 years. So in a way, you know, his parents kind of knew what was coming. And, um, anyway, it was, it was a sad thing, but it was great time to spend time with, um, uh, Mel and, um, and little Mel and also Dennis James who went and had sushi with us. And Dennis is a really cool guy. And you know, everybody thinks I'm the gossip guru or whatever. You, you should talk to Dennis James. He won't, he won't write anything and he won't tell you probably a lot of stuff, but he knows, he knows everything that's going on. <laughs> he knows, trust me, he knows me and him, uh, me and him are on the same level with all that stuff. He gets all the guys call him for advice, you know? So, uh, he gets, he gets a lot of interesting phone calls. I'm sure. That's funny. Um, he actually told Darielle and me, we were talking about, uh, the baby, you know, the baby on the way. And it was so mm-hmm. funny. He's like, I guess he kind of like, he didn't, I don't think he really meant to say it like this, but he's like, he's like, yeah, I tell my friends, you know, I've had bodybuilders call before. And he's like, you know, you definitely can get a girl pregnant if you're on stuff, if you're on supplements. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, I, I know. And you know, it happened to a lot of other guys, you know, a lot of pros that we know have gotten their, their, um, mm-hmm their wives or girlfriends pregnant. And he's like, but I always tell him, you know, make sure to get the, to get the, uh, genes tested and stuff to make sure it's yours, you know, cause you know, you know, a lot of girls out there and, and Darielle's standing like right next to me. And I was like, yeah, in case she, you know, was doing fooling around. I don't want the baby may come out black or something. And, <laughs> and he was like, Oh, I didn't mean her. He's like, you know, I didn't mean you, you guys are good people. I just meant, I tell my friends and I was like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's so funny. anyway, uh, I don't know. I think at the, um, I think we really don't have to say anything else, PJ, other than you're going to pick a song. We're going to do our two commercials and hopefully we'll have some more commercials soon. Anybody listening to this who wants to sponsor iron empire radio should get in contact with me or PJ, uh, on our Facebook pages. Uh, you're, you're, you remember what time it is though, right now. What? It's the, it's the time where they can still get in cheap. Is that what you mean? It's, it's, it's shout out time. Oh, it's shout out time. Look, I'm going to fucking miss the shout outs. Go ahead. Sorry, Isaac. Go ahead, PJ. Okay. Sneak them in before we shut the show down this week. Shout-outs for this week. Let's see if I can pronounce them all right. Charlie Dolnasic. Um, this one, the second one, he actually challenged me to pronounce this right. Uh, Gasper Medine, I'm going to say. Um, uh, Anton Falkenby. <laughs> and he actually wanted me to shout-out all of the Swedes, not just himself. Um, I've noticed we've had a lot of Swedish fans uh, over the past few weeks. Yeah. Uh, he said that, that uh, in Sweden, they're all dodging the gym police, but they love our show. Uh, Greg <laughs> Martini, uh, Justin Baccio, uh, and he's, he put, and if you can pronounce this, you know, God bless you, T-E-E-D-U-B-E-G-E-E. No, I don't know. T-U-B-G. That's all I can get for you if, uh, <laughs> if you want to you know, help me out with that. Uh, Mark Joseph Dome, Ken Taylor, Big BX1, our boy Keith Allen, uh, Chris Schmidt and his wife Renee, uh, Joe Cristiano, Team Wolf, uh, Muscle Mitch, Big Ben, uh, Benjamin Heron, another Swedish guy, um, Ice, the genetic freak from the uh, <laughs> from <laughs> Dave's radio show, the rapper, <laughs> uh, Big Nut, um, Sean Christopher Lewis, Omar Hurtado and his girlfriend Ashley, and Jim Alberry. Those are our shout-outs for this week. All right, PJ, um, I guess that's it. We will uh, go to commercial, play our commercials, play the song of the day, and um, we'll be back with Mel Chansey in just a minute. Fantastic. 
Orbit Nutrition carries over 1,000 of the hottest nutritional supplements, performance enhancers, and nutraceuticals on the planet. And now, Iron Empire Radio listeners get an additional 5% off their everyday low prices by using the coupon code IER5. That's IER and the number 5. Choose products like Quest Protein Bars, iForce, Iron Mag Labs, and more. Check out Orbit's daily deals for special insane blowout prices. Log on to Orbit's Nutrition Forum and get feedback on the products you're interested in. Check out OrbitsNutrition.com and use the discount code IER5. Iron Mag Labs is the leading supplement company offering the most hardcore pro-anabolic supplements on the market. Visit IronMagLabs.com and check out our top-selling pro-anabolics, Methadrol Extreme, Super DMZ RX, Cytostain RX, and E-Control RX with 6OXO. Iron Mag Labs makes supplements that actually work. No hype, no BS, just real results. There's a reason you keep hearing about Iron Mag Labs. Come see what you're missing. Visit IronMagLabs.com for the most hardcore bodybuilding supplements.
Welcome back to Iron Empire Radio. And um, PJ, the last few shows, we've had a lot of gay topics. And the last week we had Dr. Sean, our gay guest. So I thought, who better to straighten us out and uh, really straighten this show out, put it on the straight and narrow, but the straightest guy that we know, uh, Mel Chancy. So Mel, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, you guys? <laughs> I got to laugh at that. I got to laugh at that introduction because it, it was funny, Aaron. You went from right from the gay topic to uh, right into it. It's cool to be gay. It is cool. A- absolutely, bro. I, you know, you know, I'm from Chicago, so I have a million uh, gay friends that come into my nightclub that I know. I mean, I, I wouldn't, you know, say I'm very good friends, but I have nothing against that. But I mean, I see a lot of guys. You know, I know them and talk to them and. Um, no, hey, keeps the throne. You know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, you guys, you guys have that that little gay uh, street in Chicago. What's it called? Well, it's a um, whole area it's called Boys. Yeah, uh, Boys Town, right? And the fun and listen, the funny story about Boys Town is, it's right. You have to walk through it to get to Wrigley Field to where the Cubs play. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you have to park your car somewhere down the block, and you have to walk through it, and you know. If you're jacked up, you know, like we are, and you're walking through in a tank top and some Jordan shorts, and I mean, they're off the balcony whistling at you, and you know, kind of, <laughs> what are you going to do? You can't go. I was thinking about, I was thinking about moving there, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I PJ would like that attention. PJ would get off on that. He's like, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> PJ would walk through that. PJ would walk back and forth through there. Yeah, PJ. I, PJ, I understand your West Coast strutting, and it's been a minute since I've really seen you and talked to you, and I, you know. Of course, we follow each other on, on Twitter, Twitter and Facebook, and me and you text back and forth. But um, so West Coast, uh, big change from uh, New York, I guess, huh? Yeah, huge change. I hate all these fucking pussies out here. I'll be back in the East Coast. This is going to be a short-lived journey. Uh, I'm trying it out the best I can, you know. But um, aside from the weather, there's there's nothing about this place that I like better than the East Coast. This, I'm the East Coast for life, man. I feel you, brother. And I, I know because I lived in both. You know, I was in New York City for a little bit, and I didn't live on the West Coast. But I spent, you know, lots of time out there. With, you know, I was with the club, so mm-hmm. I know the scene out there. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I could, I could. Uh, I guess if I was younger and I was a single guy, I could tear it up out here. There's a lot of beautiful women here, but that doesn't really do me any good right now. Being in a serious relationship, um, right. you know, this whole like scene. It's not really mine, but uh, I kind of moved out of that into a little quiet area here in San Clemente. But um, that being said, I miss the East. So, you know, when my lease is up here, I'll probably be home. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what at least you tried. You know what I mean? Exactly. Mel, did you when you came to visit, when you stayed in L.A. for like an extended period of time, did you see a lot of what PJ is talking about? Or, or did you pretty much just like it and you were out of there before you noticed any of that stuff? just for a while, you know, I would be in like San Diego, Ventura, uh, San Fernando Valley. Um, I was in Venice Beach quite, you know, by Ed Connors, who's, right. you know, everybody knows a corporate owner of Golds. I spent some time there and, you know, at the time I was dating Melissa Coates. So um, I seen it all out there, you know, and, and this was going back to the 90s, obviously, you know, the 95, 6, and 7. And uh, it's just different back there, brother. Like, you know, everybody's laid back, you know, it's everybody's smoking Bongs and I, it's, hey, it's cool to smoke weed. I'm great off for it, but not when you do it all day long and you just sit there in a coma. <laughs> I mean, that's how the West Coast people are. They're so laid back, right? Especially coming from New York. I mean, oh, dude, everybody out here thinks I'm fucking crazy. They're all like, "God, you're crazy. You're so East Coast. You're so East Coast." I'm like, I don't understand because I'm, I think I'm kind of mellow as far as my friends go. Mm-hmm. Of course, right? They don't see that. They're just on their own agenda, their own time, and. 
it's hard to fit in out there if you're not from there. You know, that's why I yeah. seen when you went out there and you went out there for your grow. And I said, great. I knew you were happy. And I just told Aaron, we actually talked the other day about this. And I said, how's he doing out there? And Aaron's like, he still like the environment, you know, so part for the course, brother, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a lot happier that I got out of Hollywood. Did you spend any time there? I couldn't take that place. Oh God. I used to go there all the time and be on the strip and turn to strip and, Actually, when Matarazzo was living in Venice and I was out there visiting Mike all the time, and I would drag him there, and he'd be like, man, no, please. And I'm like, let's just go turn it up and I own the strip. We would just go laugh and stuff, you know what I mean? So I had fun with it, but like you said, you you get up there every day, and that's your home now. So it's a little different than, you know, knowing you're going home and staying out there for a couple weeks on the end, you know? Totally. Um, Mel, when you would go out there for the uh, for the Angels, you would um, obviously you would deal with. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they have. It's a different chapter and a different state and everything. Did you notice that the guys that the, the the difference between the Chicago guys and the LA guys, even the guys that are in the Angels, were different? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it, it, it's a whole different thing. I mean, the Midwest and the East Coast kind of like blend together. You're you're kind of the same people. You know what I mean? The same. You know, like they think PJ's crazy out there, and me and PJ have sat and talked numerous of times and. You know, PJ's a very mellow, laid-back guy, and, and, you know, it, of course I am, too. And, I mean, when I used to go out there, they thought the Antichrist came out there. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it's just too different, you know, it's different caliber of, you know, they're just really so laid-back, and it's tough to, to them. We're high-strung out this way, you know? Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Mel, uh, we have a few questions for you. Uh, usually we do, like, a discussion, so me and PJ will probably chime in a little bit, but really they're questions for you. And I wanted to start off with um, the first one for you. And the first question we have for you, Mel, is the best way to survive in prison. Um, so obviously you've done, uh, you've had your fair share of time in there, and I know you yeah. did, you survived very well in there. So if, if I was yeah. a guy that would, knew that they were going in for a few years to a state, I know you did federal time and state time, let's just say state time, and you're going in for a few years, what kind of tips would you give a guy that knows that he's about to go in for a little while? Well, I mean, no one, you know, no one, most people, and I mean, no one, you two guys really good, and you guys know me, we laugh and joke and stuff, but when, when you walk through them gates, you know, you have to put a different face on because you're not kicking in with your homies in there. You know, I mean, you, you, especially in federal, you got guys from all around the country. I mean, I ended up in New Jersey and, you know, um, Tennessee. So, you know, I was bounced around. So um, you have to go in with that different game face, like, you can't let anybody behind the curtain with you. You know, you have to let them know, like, the boundaries of where it stands with you, you know, that you will punch some motherfucker right in his face the second that he gets out of line. And that's how you got to be. And you guys know me for quite some time, and you'd never see that out of me. I mean, we were at shows together and everything, and you never, I don't even have to raise my voice to anybody, and that's the way I like to be. But in there, you got to put that game face on and, and remember it's only you, you know, uh, and then when you do get in there, I mean, the best thing to do is, is mind your business. You know, you, you know, most of the fights are over card games and betting on football and, you know, gambling. And if you owe money or if you have a debt to be paid and, you know, I mean, you know, if you can really go in there and mind your own business and, you know, not get into all that nonsense, you can pretty much stay on your own, you know. Is that is that what you suggest people do? Just basically stay on your own. You you basically don't try to don't even try to make friends with anybody. Yeah, I mean you're gonna make some friends because it's just you know you're gonna in there <clears throat> the type of person you are you're gonna flock them. People are gonna flock to you. you know like 
you know, when I go speak in schools and I talk to the kids and everything, like, you know, I'm honest. I don't lie to them at all. And they tell me, like, you know, you know, how was prison? I said, well, it was a little different for me. You know, I went in and at the time I was, you know, the leader of the Hells Angels and 280-something pounds and the way I look. And so to compare that to these kids that I talked to in high school that are young men, 18, 19 years old, and, of course, being white is a big um it's a, it's a big, uh, you're in a deficit because most of the prisons, you know, the majority of, and I don't, I'm not saying this in any kind of racist thing, but the numbers are, the blacks are the majority in there, you know, and it's the Spanish, then it's the whites, and then a- Asian people don't get blacked up for some reason. I don't know if they commit crimes, or, <laughs> but you don't see many of them. So going in, and I tell these kids, going in at a 20, 20 year old, 20 or 21-year-old white kid, you've got big problems, you know, when you're not in the shape I was or who I was. I mean, I went in with that big title and, you know, I've my reputation flow for self. So I had it different. You know, I, I, I kicked it with the Aryan Brotherhood in there. I kicked it with the gangster disciples. I kicked it with the Bloods and Crips. I kicked it with everybody to the point that they were shipping me out of prisons because they said, no, every time we turn around, you're breaking bread with another group. And I said, that's because I don't have any problems with nobody. And they don't, they don't like that. They don't like to see you intervening with everybody. You know what I mean? Was there anybody so, when you were in there that tried to, you know, challenge you just because of who you were and stuff? Well, not because of who I was, but um, let's see. When I was in New Jersey, how do I don't want to say this without throwing? I was in New Jersey, and everybody knows, you know, my mom's a hundred percent Italian, and you know, all the monsters in Chicago know me as a kid growing up, and you know, you seen it all the shit in the paper that you know these back in the days to say. The mob and the Hells Angels are, you know, one and one, and, you know, mixed together. So I was in New Jersey, and uh, an Italian guy who was from the East Coast, out in New York, thought that he was going to tell me that I couldn't stand somewhere in line when I was waiting to go to lunch. He told me I had to, I couldn't stand right there. That was for the Italians. I had to go to the end of the line. <laughs> and I laughed, and I said, listen, I'm not on all that shit, guys. Wherever I jump into line is where I'm going to jump into line. And he's like, no, you ain't understanding. And I felt bad because... The guy was a 350-pound, 57-year-old man at the time, you know? And he had his little crew of guys, but I'm standing there. And uh, the Aryan Brotherhood in the prison that I was in, they always ate. They always stood in the line last, okay, because they wanted to see everything. You know what I'm white tracy dudes. They want to keep trying everything. So the guy kept telling me, and I said, listen, I spun around. I said, listen, don't tell me again, man. I'm not getting out of line. This is where I stepped into line today. This is where I'm going to eat. And then he grabbed me by the arm. I turned, blasted him, knocked him out. We both went to the hole. You know, none of us said nothing. Everybody was like, hey, it was a misunderstanding. You know, I came back out. And uh, that that's kind of when, you know, the Aryan Brotherhood guys came to me and said, listen, we got your back. So whatever you need to do, take care of your business, and here we got it. And then things got straightened out real quick with the Italians, and it was all breaking bread later. You know what I mean? There's so now, few. Had... Go ahead, Mel. Go ahead. Hadn't I did that? Had you just been a guy that said, okay, I'm going to go to the end of the line, well, then they would have kept going. You know what I mean? Mm. So, and I had just got there, too. I had just been shipped from out here, you know, 21 months of being in the hole, my own cell, my own 8 by 10 you know what I mean? Like, I could pound the walls. I wanted to get out and mingle with some people, have some conversation. You know, so I can pay there, and I ended up back in the hole. But, I mean, sometimes... How long were you in the hole for after that? Uh, 30 days we were there, Jesus. 30 days. And then you go in front of a hearing and he says, you know, there's nothing to happen. He's cool with everything. I said, nothing happened. I'm cool with everything. And 
to tell you, all right, go back in the compound and play nice, you know? So what's it like being, uh, like, you know, without human interaction like that for that long? Ooh, you get to know yourself, man. That's one thing, bro. You you get to know yourself and you get, whether you believe in God or not, and I always have, I was raised very strict Catholic from my mother and father, you know, my mom being all Italian and I was very strict, you know, I didn't obviously practice back in those days, but, you know, you get spiritual when you're sitting there and you only get out for 15 minutes a day and five of it's a shower and then you can ride the phone out for 10 or 15 minutes. You, you get to, uh, you get to, you know, be in tune with yourself and the Lord. You know, I read a lot of Christian books and the Bible and just kept my sanity because, you know, when you're in there for the holidays, like I was in there over Christmas and, um, and people were killing themselves in there in the hole, you know, you're on one tier, you're all locked up like that. And, people break and you hear them hanging themselves, you know? So that's crazy. I, I got something a, good. I'm, Mel, I, there's somebody that we both, we, we all know, all three of us know. I'm not going to mention a name because I don't know if he would want it to be mentioned, but there was a guy that we all know that's in the, uh, in the bodybuilding industry who did, uh, I think five years in isolation. Uh, he was in, um, uh, maximum security prison somewhere. I forget, but, uh, he was on lockdown, like, in a cell, you know, in like an eight by ten cell, by himself with uh, with like you know nothing basically. It's not from what he told me, he just had like some kind of prayer channel on the television, some religious channel that they played twenty four seven, and they like to kept oh, the lights TV, on. Huh? What's that? Yeah, TV. Yeah, he had a TV, but it only played religious. It only played religious uh, cha- a religious yeah. channel. And what would that do to somebody at five years of that? I mean, yeah, of course, think about how much interaction we have with people every day. I mean, God, I feel he had a TV. That was great. I wouldn't care if he played Bozo the Clown every day. (laughs) (laughs) I had nothing. You know what I mean? Like, the only interaction I had with the guards were cool with me. You know, they all knew me from back in the motorcycle shed, and they all knew me from the bodybuilding. So, I mean, they were, you know, coming up to my cell and kicking in. We'd tell stories and laugh and joke, and they'd bring me some cakes from home and stuff like that. But, I mean... Besides talking to them, you know, there's no, you know, you're not playing cards. You know, at least at least when you're in general population, and let's say the prison goes on lockdown because there's a big fight in the yard between two different groups. Everybody's getting locked down. But when you're in, like in the federal prison, uh, you start out in a three-man cell. So when you're locked down for 30 days, you get your two cellies, and you're playing checkers and cards and laughing and joking and smoking joints. I mean, it just... That interaction passes so much time. Now, think there's about... There's smoking joints you know, in jail? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> well, I think there's more drugs in jail, in prison, than there is on the street. I mean, that's... that's how the fuck does that happen? Sorry, I was like, how well, the know, fuck does that happen, though? Visiting room visits, you know, people, you know, people, you know, have their loved ones bring them in. And wow. They balloon them and swallow them, and either if you get back to your cell right away, they throw them up or they shit them out, and... Wow. I mean, you know, guards, I mean, if there's a will, there's a way. I mean, you got guys locked up doing, you know, 15, 20, 25 years. The Fed prisons are 85%. So if you give somebody 30 years and 85%, you better be a very young man. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How much drugs are a lot more expensive in there? Oh, my God, for real. I mean, if you if, let's just say if you're talking marijuana and you're this joint, and I mean a pinner, 95% of it's paper. You're paying fifteen, twenty bucks. <laughs> Jeez. You know, high commodity. You know, listen, like 
Playboy books and hustlers and stuff in there are just crazy. They rent them to you because you can't, you can't get that stuff. And like, listen, I couldn't even get, they weren't even allowing, um, like muscle mag and flex because of the swimsuit issues. Wow. So they took that stuff out of the prison. They're like, nah, you can't too much skin. So when you had, (laughs) when you had the jerk off books and their guys were rent, whoever had them like previously and they hit them, they were renting them out. Wow. So how much how much would they rent out uh, like a Playboy for? Twenty bucks. Uh, for how long? How for long? one day? How long? For, for like a couple hours. Wow. Oh my god. PJ, they would have broke you in there, PJ. Guys, guys I would have gone, gone broken. I would have gone broken, jail man. I would have gone fucking bankrupt in jail. <laughs> <laughs> guys are in their guys are in themselves killing themselves for a couple hours. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, but it's a whole other world in there. I mean, you have to do, you have to exist, you have to forget about the outside world, especially when you've got some time to do because you're not controlling anything in it. So. Literally, I made one phone call a day, and that was to my mother and father. My daughter would be there. If my friends wanted to talk to me, they had to go to my mom's house. So every night, I would make my 10 or 15-minute call to them and make sure they were doing good, and that's it. I mean, I had it when I went away in this last one in 04, you know, I was with a girl, and, uh, you know, I told her, listen, it's time for you to go. I'm going to be in here for a minute. I'm not going to hold your life up. And she actually, you know, she came and visited me for like 20 months. And I used to tell her all the time, go, start dating. I'm going to get some time out of this. You know, it was the Rico thing. I said, so I'm not holding you up. You, you know, you don't have to, you can't shut your life off for me. I'm going to be in here. So then after I got the 111 month sentence, you know, it was about 25 months until I was already gone off the street. After I got sentenced and she came and see me, I said, this is the time that you got to go. And, you know, everybody, you know, everybody knows Chuck Sandel, the IFBB pro. And it's my childhood friend. He told her. He's not going to talk to you anymore. He's going to end up taking your number off his list, and he's not going to answer your um, letters. And that's what I did. Mm. But for her, you know, she can't. You can't can't expect a girl to hold her life up for nine years, years when she, she, she wanted to, huh? She was she was a she was yeah. Good she said. I mean, she stuck by me for that twenty something months. But I mean, you just I, it's it's better off if you yeah. end up doing a stretch like that to be really single and be on your own because your head cannot you cannot no. be weak in there. You cannot. You know how many people I've seen get the Dear John letter, like, you know, yep. Big Baby, I, I stuck it with you for a year, but I, I can't do it no more. And <laughs> Big Dick Bob came around, and I'm dating him now, and I see these guys ready to jump off the tier, you know? Mm. And uh, I can't get weak in there, man, because the second you get weak and people see that, then, you know, you become the prey, you know? Yeah. So on that note, the advice would be go in there, keep your game face on, and mind your business, and whoever you click with and become friends with, become friends with them and laugh and joke and play cards, but no, it ain't like, it ain't friends like how me, you, and, and, and Aaron and PJ, how we sit around at shows and we break bread and I'd leave my wallet with you guys, and you know, my girl, it, it ain't like that. You're friends to, with an arm's distance, you know? Right. So. All right. That was pretty interesting. I would have liked to carry that on a little while longer, but our show can only be so long. So we're going to move into uh, the uh, the next topic. But I, I think that uh, our listeners are would uh, be thorough, uh, thoroughly enjoyed if we continued that for a little while. Because there's a lot of questions uh, yeah. that we could ask you about that. I'm just kind of curious sure. thinking about, like, uh, like say you are going to, like, have a Playboy and jerk off and you have other guys in your cell. Do they, do they like, leave you? I mean, do they say, all right, this guy's going to do this. We're going to try to get out of here when we can. I mean, how does that oh, work? Oh, yeah, out? you're – 
Yeah, your your cell doors, when you ain't on lockdown, your cell doors open at like, you know, for instance, in the federal prisons, we opened up at 545. Mm-hmm. So your doors open, you know, you go to chow, you go to your breakfast about, say, 6 o'clock, and then your doors are open all day. Some guys go to work, some guys got jobs, some guys go to the yard and train. You get, you, you, you have your, you know, you give your cell that uh, alone time in there. You know what I mean? Whether you want to be like, you know, every afternoon I took a nap. I, I took a nap from like 2 to like 3.30, an hour and a half nap. So my mm-hmm. celly knew when I was taking a nap, he either took a nap, laid down in his own bunk, or he went and did his thing, you know, and then we pulled the door shut. But, you know, he would watch the cell because, you know, that's when you're vulnerable, when you go to sleep and your cell doors don't lock. You know, like at nighttime you lock. You lock them and you're locked in at 10.45. No one can open them. But when you're taking a nap, you know, somebody could walk in on you. So when I took a nap, he sat out in the day room and played cards and kind of watched the cell and if you weren't ever doing anything there then I kind of kept an eye on the door hmm. that's cool very interesting so, that's the dude you're living in the side of a bathroom with for you know 24 hours of the day yeah it's crazy so um, you're going to get to know him and he's going to get to know you and you guys are going to bond you're going to end up knowing each other's families and pictures and you know you, you're going to get tight with that dude yeah well it's way better to try to bond with him than if you don't get along with him and you got to be stuck in oh. with him you know that would never work. And, 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 it almost kind of like yeah. psychologically forces you to want to get along in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you guys vent to each other, and you know when the doors lock at 1045 at night, and you guys are bullshitting about your day or your family or your visit or something like that, you know? Like when I was in New Jersey, I had, I had a 24-year-old kid, you know? He was from um, Texas, and he was in there for, uh, you know, making methamphetamines. So he was doing a five-year stretch, and... Uh, you know, he was a young kid at the time. You know, I was already in my upper 30s, you know, 35, middle 30s, and he was 24. So he, I kind of was like, you know, he looked up to me, and I would, you know, he'd come in at nighttime and be like, oh, I want to smash this fucking dude in the yard tomorrow. And I'm like, then you're going to fucking go to the hole, and you're going to lose, you lose your cell. So if he goes to the hole for 30 days, I got to find another celly because you lose your rank. You see what I'm saying? Oh. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, you know, I would talk about it, like, what's it? who cares, you know, like, if he didn't put his hands on me, who cares, you know, like, I, so he, you know, he looked up to me, and I talked to the kid, I've been home since 07, and I talked to the kid today, I talked to him once a month. Wow, cool. Wow, that was cool. Too, you know? So, yeah, you know, I mean, he, he looked up to me, I kind of looked out for him in there and made sure he wasn't being a knucklehead, because he was young, and he was just trying to throw his notes in there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... You spent some time doing doing lockdown in jail, but you spent a lot of time in uh, clubs over the years. And um, I actually worked uh, in a club in, in college. As funny as this may sound, the club that I worked in uh, when I was young in college in fucking Danbury, Connecticut, was the craziest club that I've ever been in anywhere in the country um, as far as just fighting and madness and um IFBB pro guy, Sister Nino, actually, uh, I got him at the job there when he was in college in Connecticut, and he'll tell you the same thing. It, it was like a madhouse in there, and we were always really understaffed. Um, and I worked there for about a year, and then the last night I worked there, um, this dude was just getting out of hand, and, and um, you know, we were trying to get rid of this guy. And uh, he, he was a big dude. He was like a meathead that was in town for like a college football game or something. And um, he was basically like challenging all the, all the bouncers. And we were being real cool. We were all really good friends. We all trained together and stuff. And we, were, we were really tight. So we kind of right. knew how to handle everybody, even if we were understaffed. So 
it happened right in front of the DJ booth, and we had this DJ K Swift who would come down from Hartford, and he would come down with his whole entourage of black dudes, and I was always real cool with those dudes, and uh, you know they were kind of like getting involved with running their mouths back to this dude, and I'm like these dudes are gonna fucking jump this this fucking guy, so I'm trying to be nice to the guy, and finally the guy just w- won't calm down. So we start trying to get, get a little rough with him to take him out the back door. And the guy is calling us out. And I was like, you know what, dude, you, you, you're that tough. I'm like, come on, I'll, I'll walk outside and I'll fight you outside. So we go out the back door because I kind of had it with him at this point. And we're looking around. There's nobody. There's no cops around on the street. So we kind of like square off. And this guy throws like a huge haymaker at me and just totally misses. And right. as he's falling forward, I just clock this guy in the face. And I have, like, a wrestling background from high school, so I fucking take this guy down. And I kind of just hit him one time, and he was pretty much out. And then I stood up. All the black dudes from the DJ booth swarmed around this guy and started kicking the fucking shit out of him when he was on the ground. I mean, his body was just bouncing around like like a fucking ragdoll. And uh, my buddy was like, get back inside, get back inside. So I go back inside, and I don't know how long they kicked the shit out of this kid for. But a little bit of time goes by, and one of the guys runs to the back. He's like, cops are here looking for you. Go upstairs into the manager's office. So I go upstairs, and I'm like, fuck, dude, I can't get arrested now, you know? Right. And right. Uh, I'm hiding, and I see the cops looking around, and I guess they're like, they're asking the other bouncers. They're like, where's the big guy? Where's the bodybuilder? They're like, we don't know what you're talking about. You know, this is everybody that's working here. And they're like, there's a guy in critical condition right now in Danbury Hospital. And uh, his girlfriend said there was a big bodybuilder guy working here that works here every week to beat him up. And it was kind of funny. My one, my one friend, Boucher, who's like a big fat ass, he's like 350 pounds. He's like, oh, she must have been talking about me, but I didn't do anything. And everyone's kind of laughing. About, the, the, the cops are just like, whatever. They, they finally just, they just go. After that, dude, I came downstairs. I was like, fuck this, dude. I quit. I'm not dealing with this kind of shit anymore. It's not worth it to me. It's not worth the little bit of money that we get paid. And uh, that was the last night I worked, so. I'm sure you've had some crazy stories like that, you know. You have any uh, well, uh, in, insane stories? Yeah, I know. Like you guys were there's a question, like you know, you know, what's the tips the best? And here's how I feel: if if somebody took you to that level where you know you're gonna fight that person, I'm not mm-hmm. fucking playing around. I don't give a, a fuck if he's four foot ten or seven foot ten. I'm getting him like he's a monster. You know what I mean? Because you know, we train, we're bodybuilders and shit, where everything we do, our muscles are like rubber bands, they're tight. I'm not yep. trying to get hurt ever. You yep. know what I mean? So I'm trying to knock that dude's head off if they come to that point quick, very quick. And, you know, it ain't the ring, it ain't the, it ain't MMA, it ain't UFC, there's no bells going on. There's no, it's all, there's, what do they say? It's, it's, it's all fair, it's all uh, um, fair and love and war. Yeah. Like, get that dude. You know, don't ever underestimate nobody, especially these days, because everybody's in the MMA. The littlest yep. dudes. Yep. You know, so my advice is what I tell my, you know, my, my floor guys at my nightclub, I tell them, if it comes to that and somebody puts their hands on you, knock his head off. Don't get yourself hurt for $150 a night. Like you said, it's not worth it. You know what I mean? There's no insurance. There's no benefits in that field. You know what I mean? So... You know, that's the way I look at it. If somebody brought you to that level, I'm getting busy. I'm not saying, well, you want to go outside? Do you want to square off? Ding, ding. I'm doing it on the white step stairs. You know what I mean? The White House mm-hmm. stairs. Whatever is going, I'm getting that dude, and I'm trying to get it, to get the upper hand because, believe me, that's what they're going to try doing if, if they're smart, you know? 
They yeah, and like you said, there, there, there's no fucking rules when you're in that dark room, you know. Mm-hmm. So people are people will right. do some crazy shit, especially when you're not looking. If you're a big guy, right? And you know, you got to remember. You know, I was 19 when I got in, hooked up with the motorcycle stuff. So, you know, I was going in and 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 biker bars where dudes were in their 30s already. I was young. I was like five young kids. So I'm seeing hammers and egg candles and so way like I'm. Trying to fight you and hug you and kiss you when you're done. If you took me to that level, I'm trying to knock your head off. So when I walk away, I don't have broken nothing, you know. So and 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 bodybuilders are the worst ones for this. They think because we're all jacked up and big, they think that they know how to fight. And how many times have you guys probably seen this? A bodybuilder will throw some punch and it's the worst punch you've ever seen in your life. Yep. Yep. Lots of you know, I mean, it took them ten minutes to throw it. So when you got an experienced guy, he can be 180 pounds, and he's going to get that dude. So I tell all my floor guys, you know, you know, if you're not an experienced fighter, then you know, don't act like that. But if you're going to get in a fight, you guys better get on it quick because the one thing the bodybuilders and the dudes have, they can definitely outpower somebody. You know what I mean? Very easy. I mean, you know, I, I'm friends with Clay Guida, the, the UFC guy. He's from my neighborhood. You know, he's 160 pounds. But his cardio is ridiculous. He's like the Energizer yeah. Bunny. He can fight. You see him in the ring. He can get beat down and comes back and fights the fight. Mm-hmm. So, but with a guy like that, we could toss him around and do some big damage in in the streets. You know, when you're throwing him off brick walls and stuff like yeah. that, it's hurting them, dudes. So, that's why everybody says, oh, no, he's brutal when he fights. Right. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to go home at the end of the night and be in a cast and broken hands and stitches. That Roadhouse movie is just for watching TV. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> so, entertainment purposes only. Patrick's lazy. So, Mel, the, the tip that you would give a guy, if they know they're going to be in a fight, make sure you hit them first and hit them hard enough so they're not coming back, basically. Right. Get on, don't, don't, don't underestimate. Don't do that one shot. You're Mike Tyson and you're going to knock that dude out. I'm hitting somebody. I'm... While he's going down or going to the ground, I'm on him <laughs> like a spider monkey. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> if he's out, then I'll then I'll assess it and say, you know, I'm not going to hurt anybody. Or like PJ said, you know, the guys are kicking him and you end up getting a murder case. No, but I'm going to make sure that dude's not getting up. I mean, I've seen a lot of dudes throw a one shot punch and the dude falls on his ass, but he's just his. You know, you threw him off his equilibrium. Right. You knock him out, and when he gets up. He's he's madder than hell because you know you gave him a shot. Now he's ready to go. So I, I'm, who you know. So no talking I'm, I'm shit. No talking shit. Right. No talking. Just go until it's done and, and walk away and do your thing and be the victor if possible. Because then this less injuries you got to deal with. You know. Okay, I got another question. This is our last question of the day for you, Mel. Now a lot of guys out there, um, it's like a fantasy for some guys. Uh, to go into a strip club and bring home a stripper, you know, Ooh. nail a stripper. Uh-huh. And, um, uh, you know, I know you've had your experience with these young ladies and uh, you've worked in a few uh, strip clubs. Um, what would you yeah. say if you had to give your tip to a guy listening right now? Um, they want to bring home a stripper or they just want to nail a stripper. What is the, What are the things that they should do and what is the things they shouldn't do? Uh, well, if you're looking for a, a girl in the in the arts and the entertainment <laughs> field we'll call them because I don't think they like strippers anymore. Back in the nineties it was cool. Now I think they're like 
dancer. entertainers or, you know, we don't want to offend anybody. But um, even troopers want to be, be uh, politically correct. Now. <laughs> yes, yes. But, you are, um, I'm involved in that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, um, so I would say that, you know, you got to remember, okay, these girls see dudes coming in there every night, throwing money at them. <clears throat> You know, older guys, you know, guys that can't get chicks are coming in there trying to buy them, throwing money at them. They're used to that. They don't want to see that in, in, in a dude that they're going to be attracted to. So, I mean, what worked for me back in the day, of course, I mean, you know, I got to always go back to I was who I was. So that was a big benefit. Um, you know, I was always crazy jacked up. And, you know, the girls like that. They're very physical dancers because you got to remember, they get their lips done, they get their boobs done. You know, they go train. They need to be in shape to make money, right? So they're physical about how they are and the way they look. And when you see, I know, uh, you know, we travel a lot. You know, I see you guys at a lot of shows. We're always on the road. If you go into a strip club, uh, PJ and Aaron, what's the first thing when you go with a normal crowd, what's the first thing girls are doing with you guys? Holy cow, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they, they they don't see that every day. They think it's crazy. They're trying to undress you. They want you to dance for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're like, they need for a private dance. They're undressing you. So they're physical. So that helps out, you know. But if you're just a normal guy and you're just going in there and stuff, you need to lay back. You can't act like, you know, you can't act crazy at the stage and foaming at the mouth because that's what 97% of them dudes are doing in there. And they're just taking them for their money. They're not serious with them, you know. So I tell all my friends, you know, like, just lay back. Let them come to you. You know, have some conversation. You always got to know how to talk. If you can't talk in the world, it ain't going to get you nowhere. And, you know, don't be crazy like it's the first girl you see naked. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and you... uh, I think that that's the, that's the best advice to do. Now, you know, which, of course, when we go out now, we're all, all three of us are, are you know, relationships and stuff like that. So we behave ourselves. We go out. We, we like to, you know, my wife will be the first one. I'm all into beautiful women. We all are. But um, it's a little different when we go out with all our single friends and they're going nuts in the clubs, you know? Yeah. Right. I, I have a buddy back home, Jeff. He's, he's fucked up. I mean, he's like a fucking alcoholic, drug addict. He's a mess, kid. He dates all strippers. And one thing I noticed about him, just watching him, he, he treats them like shit. And I think a lot of them have psychological issues. Um, and, like, he'll tell them, like, he'll go into the club and he'll be like, your hair looks like shit or your makeup looks like shit today. Like, he won't be like, you're beautiful, which is what they hear the whole time they're there. You know what I mean? Right. So I think psychologically, they're like, why is this guy, like, not think I'm pretty, or why is this? And that, that kind of causes some kind of strange, like, attachment then. Because I know he even would, like, hit, hit a lot of them and shit. He's fucked up, this kid. But um, Yeah, well, that's different. But, I mean, they want what, you know, a figure, a dancer, she could get pretty much 99% of the dudes in the club. That's what they're going there for. But like, you know, like the one percent that she can't, that ain't really that interested or they come and sit at the table and they're, we're paying, you know, we're paying attention to each other more than her. Then that strikes their, you know, curiosity. Like, wow, what's with this dude? Wow, he's a normal dude. He ain't drooling all over me and telling me I'm beautiful and wants to buy me cars and this and that. So that's what they're attracted to, you know, the, the different things that they see. And, you know, and, and I know because I obviously you guys know and the listeners probably know from the, art, the different articles about me and the videos and stuff like that. That's all I dated too back in the day because it was easy. No attachments. I could, you know, 
hook up with strippers, run through them. I'm going out of town. If you don't like it too bad, I'll see you later. And, and, you know, in the lifestyle that I lived, I could, you know, I couldn't have that crazy attachment. I mean, try that now with the girls we got now. I'll, I'll see you in two months and they're going to be like, fuck you. Right. Right. You know? So I understand that, you know, then that's, that's how I did it back in the day. And that's all I wanted to do was date dancers because like I said, that's, you know, that's was their kind of lifestyle too. It was easy. I didn't need no complications, you know? All right, Mel. Uh, thank you. I think uh, you answered the question. I guess. I guess really the key is if you're not if you're not like a big bodybuilder, um, the key I guess is to to act as cool as possible and don't don't you know don't I guess don't give her money either. Really, I, I mean, should you give uh, throw money at them? That'll just put you in a, the category with the other guys, right? Yeah, I mean, I, and I want to say because that's what they work on. I mean, it's okay if you want to throw them a tip. Like in all in all the years that I've been going to strip clubs, I've never. Bunch for a private dance. When the girls would say, "Could you get dance?" I'd say, "No, thank you. I don't. I don't get dancing too." First twenty or forty bucks, just sit down, relax. You know, sit next to a slap with the guys. I'm good on the dances. You know what I mean? And I think they're like, "Wow," because you know, so many guys are like, you know, let's go back in the private dances and can I touch this and can I, you know, like they've never seen anything before, <laughs> and they get tired of being pieces of the meat and grow on. And I think they just want something normal to talk to and, you know, strike up a relationship with. And, you know, a lot of them girls are single. So, you know, a, a single guy, whether he's a bodybuilder or 180-pound normal, you know, construction dude or something like that, if he goes in and he's just, you know, himself and laid back and not too over-aggressive or too, I want to, you know, buy you Hollywood, I think that that's, the, you know, the best thing to do is go in there and be that way, you know. You made a good point, Mel. A lot of those girls are probably single because it's hard to be in a relationship when you are uh, dancing, right? Well, of course. I mean, you know, you know, I tell a lot of my friends, like, okay, are you ready to date a dancer? Yeah, you are. Okay, are you, is this going to bother you in two months? Because if it does, she's not going to quit unless you're going to support her. Do you have enough money to take her out of this business and support her when she's making, you know, seven, eight, eleven, twelve hundred bucks a night? Sometimes, you know, in New York, two thousand a night. You know, people yeah. like, you know. Same with downtown Chicago. So are are you? Can you handle this? You know, I have a friend of mine, and he can't handle it. He dates a, he dates a, a stripper, and three months later, he's like, I, I can't handle it. I can't I can't go in there. I, I hate that job. You know, I wanted to quit. I said, okay, then you better cough up some money because you know she's not going to go to work for five hundred bucks a week when she makes that in two hours. Right. So. Guys got to remember that, you know, and like, like I said, back in the day, I didn't care. I didn't care if who they were grinding on or what they were doing because I wasn't marrying them anyways. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So. Good point. Well, Mel, yeah. you answered all of our questions for this week. I have a feeling we'll have some more questions for you. I know that our listeners are going to really like this. And uh, like PJ said, we could have, we could have really extended any one of these three questions uh, and more. Yeah. And, uh, and I know uh, you can definitely talk, and you got a lot of stories. So we'll definitely have you back in the future. And I had fun doing it, PJ. He was, Mel was good, huh? Yeah, he was great. I feel like we needed this after uh, Doctor Sean last week. We we, we kind of needed to uh, switch. Yeah, it all. <laughs> I feel. I, yeah, I think we we uh, we definitely uh, straightened out the show. We got a lot of uh, yeah, a lot yeah, of testosterone yeah, going on. Here. Right. <laughs> but hey, we're all we're all in touch with our feminine side, and we respect that show last week. And you know, I mean, the guys that were on it, and you know, we're all comfortable with that like i said we got friends in all walks of life but um guys happy valentine's day tonight so i hope you guys enjoy your dinners i'm sure we're all going out to dinners and i know i'm actually all right up the road from you aaron and i will be seeing you in the morning for um 
breakfast. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, unfortunately, for a funeral for our, yeah. our friend from Precision Peptides, my sponsor's Jim. Yeah. And uh, so we will be together uh, here most of the, I'm pretty, all day and all night tomorrow, yeah. breaking bread in your town. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, Mel. It's unfortunate it's for bad a bad uh, a bad circumstance, but um, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you, and we'll have a good time together. And, and, and we got all the cast of characters in. We got yeah. Dennis James, we got George Fair, we got that fat fuck Dave Dobbs. So <laughs> <laughs> we got a little crew of, to have some fun with tomorrow and laugh and joke and pick on some people, Aaron. So we'll have, to, we'll have to take some pictures and send them out to Peach because um, now that we know. What environment he's stuck into? We gotta go. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we, we got you. So, all right, guys, I love you guys, man. I'm always glad when you call. I love the show. You guys know that. Have a good night tonight, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Aaron. Thank you, Mel. Have a great night, Mel. Bye, I got to feed you too, brother. Bye. See you, man. All right, PJ. That was Mel Chancy. Uh, I got to tell you, PJ, that was long enough. We went so long uh, with Mel, and I, but thank God we did. It was fun. That uh, really we can uh, pretty much end the show right now. That we have this first part that we're we're actually, to be honest, Mel kind of gave it away. We're recording this a day early to get it out of the way because you know I wanted to get this done before I see Mel tomorrow. I know there's not going to be a lot of time with the funeral and everything else to do uh, an hour and a half show like we normally do or whatever we normally do. So uh, this is actually what you guys, what the listeners are going to hear first before the commercial break. We're going to do tomorrow, just me and you, probably at one in the morning. So this this shows our dedication. To the show. Yes, it does. It does show our dedication to the show. So um, hopefully we uh, the first part of the show was just as good as this last most recent part or the second part of the show for people listening because I, I think that people will really like this. Yeah, this is going to be a great show. So we got to make sure we are on point tomorrow because the second half is outstanding, which yep. I know we will be. Yep. And um, you know, that'll be it. So uh, PJ, I hope you and Amber Day have a, wa- a wonderful and lovely Valentine's Day. I know you had to get off and get this done early so that you can go take her out for dinner and have a good time tonight. So, yes, yes. How about you guys? You guys uh, are you still doing that? You told me that um, you had like a little like Valentine's Day fantasy of something about like you were going to have her dress up uh, as uh, Anne Frank and you were going to be in that shoulder no, shoulder tonight. No. Is that what it was? We do have a special uh, uh, sexy date planned, um, but uh, actually, unfortunately, I have to do. Um, Access bodybuilding with Christina Voynich in 40 minutes. So um, it's not. Oh, uh, how, how, yeah. how awful. You have to talk to her on the phone. It's just, what, a, what a rough life you have. <laughs> well, I mean, I could be doing a Valentine's Day and my sexy date a little earlier. No, <laughs> no sexy dates happening with Christina Voynich. We're going to talk about bodybuilding. So it's not like it's, it's nothing that Ooh. wondrous. Trust me. Well, it might set the mood for you. It might set the mood for you. Yeah. Well, um, I got to tell you. So I got that to do. Um, and then I interviewed Tony Doherty earlier. Um, from Australia, and that was cool. So Valentine's Day today has been a lot of uh, radio stuff. So You're the, the busiest man in radio. The busiest man in radio, yeah. And I went out and bought chocolates for Valentine's Day. So it's Aww, not just that. Uh, very good. Um, so uh, that's it for this week, PJ. And uh, if they want to get in touch with you for uh, personal training or anything else, they can reach you at Braun Fitness at yahoo.com. PJ Braun Fitness at oh, yahoo.com. I always say Braun Fitness is your, is your um, Twitter thing. So it's Twitter, yes. Yeah. PJ Braun Fitness at yahoo.com. And Twitter is at sign PJ Braun. Um, for me, it's Jubacca, Ju, B A C C A, at rxmuscle.com. Or uh, for Twitter, at sign Aaron Singerman. I want to thank our title sponsor, my sponsor, PJ's sponsor. Rob DiMaggio and Gina over at Iron Mag Labs for uh, sponsoring both of us and providing us the best supplements, the most powerful supplements on the market. Right? Outstanding. Very, very good. We 
love our sponsor. Yes. So uh, that's it for this week. And until next week, that's Iron Empire Radio. I can see, I can see, I'm going blind. I can see, I can see, I'm going blind. I can see, I can see, I'm going blind. I can see, I can see, I'm going blind. I can see, I can see, I'm going blind. I can see, I can see, I'm going blind. I can see, I can see, I'